Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's I'm Amazing Radio. I'm Dr. Law. Got Kid Presentable back with us. How you doing, everybody? Not to pretend like I don't know how to make conversation, but it is a hot one today. Got Lavender Gooms here with us as well. We got Lavender Gooms in here with his beautiful new microphone. That's right. We're our, uh, Stefan, we mentioned this last week that like we're going to give endorsements of stuff. We should give endorsements of something all of us fucking have. And Mike got, now has a got another Yeti owner. We all got Yetis. That's Yeti. Right. Yeti. Dude, I smell like a fucking Yeti. Yeti. Get your pod. I mean, they're, get they're your podcast on. You know the Yeti people are like, look, you want to sound like a professional? You got to go with us. I, everybody has a fucking Yeti. It's great. And this thing is fucking gigantic, though. It really is. I I almost I almost flew to your fucking uh, I almost flew to New York with that thing. I was thinking about it. <laughs> Remember that shit? Yeah. Good. I had the th- logic had to kick in. Um. Also here, the man, the myth, the legend, DJ Mark himself. Howdy. He's a cowboy today, folks. Didn't uh, that. <laughs> no, not at all. Mark hit him with the he's the he's the wild card in this group. And you know I had that shit chambered for a good five minutes while you guys talk about Yetis and God knows what else. Yes. Like, he's not gonna skip me. I got this, a howdy. Yeah, you got a <laughs> um yeah kids uh this is the product endorsement segment of the podcast as you all know um normally it's trader joe's this time we told you it was coming a yeti endorsement enjoy your yeti start a podcast with your friends you can put any you can buy any shitty headphones you want but buy that yeti microphone i mean that's pretty legit actually they should record (laughs) that and ship it out i mean that's that's as good as it's gonna get yeti you can even plug those headphones into the yeti it's the thing you can do do. there we go There we go. Things you can do. Um, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about UFC Fight Night Hamburg. All right. Those people in Hamburg apparently spent uh, 7,798 people spent exactly $750,000 at the gate, Mike. Mike, do you think that's a real number? Do you think the UFC is like, there's no athletic commission? Fuck it. Three quarters of a million dollars. I think there's a whole lot of fudging going on with those numbers. Yeah, I'm wondering, you know, how, how many Hanses walked out the door with a pocket full of cash, all right? Just saying. Hamburg sounds like a town that has maybe 7,000 people in it. Oh, Mike, how, how you're disrespecting Hamburg. It's a shitload of people. There's 1.8 billion a million people in there. I thought you said <laughs> billion for a second. I was like, oh, shit, we should all know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> A third of the world is in Hamburg. Yeah, everyone's fucking there. No one's showing up for UFC. Short answer, a lot of motherfuckers live in Germany. <laughs> Good way of putting True. it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that card where we saw a sad, sad knockout. And then by we, I mean me and Stefan, maybe Mark and Mike. I'm not sure. And then Stefan got about three minutes away from watching that knockout. Uh, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> it's about two and a half minutes. Yeah, um, you can, cut, you can yeah, just cut go it. ahead. Just cut it in the middle, Mike. Um, talk a little about that card. Uh, see if we can come up with any news that happened this week besides Daniel Cormier treating Alexander Gustafson like he was a disobedient child on social media, which is kind of funny. Uh, we're talking a little about Nick Newell in that we're aware he's fighting. Uh, 
talk. Uh, we're gonna do a little twenty questions. Mark's new. Mark's new game. Um, we're also gonna do a little bit of history with Mark. That happened this week. That's right. Another another week of that happened this or that happened this week. I can't do it. Um, little uh, little fight picks for this Alvarez and uh, Poirier rematch. Which when I say little, it's because we ain't picking this whole thing. Um, and then we'll do uh, stuff we like, and everybody gets to go home. Sounds uh, good. Shogun Hua and, and Anthony Smith. Apparently, Shogun Hua is one win away from a title shot, according to the champion. Um, Anthony Smith uh, moved up to this weight class, and quite frankly, given his size, I don't know how he ever made 185 pounds. Blew my fucking mind. Um, minute fight was a minute and a half long, uh, and Shogun got his shit rocked. Um, he went down like a fucking sack of potatoes, Steph. That was real, uh, real sad to watch. <laughs> I that that was rough. I mean, like. I figured it wouldn't last long, um, but the closest like approximation I could think of to describe it was, I believe it was how it was described when uh, Stipe Miocic beat up uh, Roy Nelson, where it's like if your if your daughter's frat boy boyfriend just showed up and beat the fuck out of out of her dad, like it had that kind of sadness level to it. Like the dad doesn't approve of this boyfriend, and he shows up and she's like, "Shut up, dad! You're smaller, slower, and weaker than me." Um, yeah, he got sunned. He got sunned in that fight. Yeah, Anthony Smith, by the way, went out there. Second fight at light heavyweight. 2-0, knocking out two two legends, Rashad Evans and Shogun Hua. But uh, credit is due, man. I mean, I know the guy's like 40 fights in, but um, I don't remember his striking ever looking that clean. Um, apparently, he's really, you know, giving a lot of credit to his gym. He's starting to take this real seriously, which is good to know 40 years in. 40 fights in, he's taking it seriously. Um, I know it's 205, but Steph, I was like, I walked out of it thinking, okay, like, this guy might win some stuff. I mean, yeah, yes and no. Uh, when I saw that record, that's a lot of fight mileage. That's a lot of losses for me to buy, but light heavyweight is barren, man. We'll take what we can get. Marcus, to make this nice and extra grim, uh, Shogun missed his own Hall of Fame induction when they put him and Hendo in the Hall of Fame for the fight, for the their first fight. Shogun missed it because he was training for this ass-kicking. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to hate them on for taking his training seriously. I mean, I in retrospect, maybe reshuffle some things knowing how this fight was ultimately going to end but no i mean i look at he shogun had a little bit of a streak going he thought you know a win here gets him a title shot and i mean i i think this is becoming a more real reality for a lot of these guys they just don't not only are they losing out to a younger class of fighter just because you know they have faster twitch reflexes they just can't take a punch like they used to. And I think the Shogun fight's a, a good example where he took a shot early on that wasn't super hard, super clean, and it just kind of shook him. And, you know, Anthony uh, Smith knows when there's blood in the water, and he just went after him and was able to get, you know, a really vicious knockout. That, I think, really propels him in the light heavyweight division. I think he still needs a couple big wins because now we've seen him fight against two guys who I think their name has, you know, their stock has fallen significantly, right? I mean... Rashad Evans was not a huge win because of his, you know, the fights going into this. And Shogun didn't look good in this fight. He still got a big win. This is it. This is Anthony getting some momentum. But I kind of want to see him, you know, obviously I think a, an easy matchup is um, Corey Anderson, who had a fight, who fought a legend himself in uh, Glayson. Not Glayson. Uh, oh, why am I blanking Glover? on his name? Left yeah, uh, Glover Teixeira. Marcus, I mean, in fairness, I mean, realistically speaking, not among those of us who know what's going on. But more the more casual MMA fan 
given where this weight class is at, do you really think he's going to get any more credit for beating somebody who we all know is better in Corey Anderson than beating somebody people know in Shogun? Uh, I, mean, I guess it depends on how you're measuring it. I mean, I think he got a lot of eyes on this one, right? It was a main event, uh, probably one that I'm guessing the ratings probably didn't skyrocket. I don't know if we got that information yet, but I have a feeling this didn't really move the needle that much. Um, but I mean, just for continuing on in the in the division and climbing the ranks, I don't know. I don't know where Shogun was. I don't know where Anthony was. So I don't know how much he's going to gain here. But I don't think he really jumps to the head of the line. I don't think the people in ahead of him are. You know, I mean, you have some outliers right? like Govzison. I think is really top dog. But there's guys like Latifi and stuff like that that are also being kind of considered. And I think Anthony Smith is kind of in that realm for me with the Latifis of the world that have gotten some good wins now because the competition just can't keep up with, you know, the younger, uh, you know, generation coming in. But I don't know. I mean, I, I need another good solid win for Anthony to really get excited for a championship matchup. But at the same time, I don't even know who's going to be champion when he's there because I don't think DC is going to be around. I don't know who's going to be holding an interim belt or something like that. So I think he's in the conversation, but I think there's a lot of names in that conversation right now too. Yeah. Um, Nothing. Um, I just watched knockout. Nothing says meathead than right after you knock a dude out, you do the throat slash. He's just it's well, well worn territory, I think. And it seems when when you when you beat an older fighter like that, it just seems kind of mean, right? Like you didn't have right, to you're like you're like you're taking a horse to the glue factory. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're taking the horse to the glue factory, and you were just bragging about how much glue money you're about to make. <laughs> Good lord. But yeah, okay. to put a pen in it, it, it was a sad fight, right? Shogun had some momentum. Anthony had some momentum. Shogun just got... I mean, it's really... You guys talk about how he got knocked out, and it wasn't the the crumble to the ground. It was that moment where he's out on his feet, right? And you see his arms go limp down at his side. I mean, that's what, when you look at the highlights, that's the thumbnail they have. And it's like, what scenario is this where this dude looks like he's half asleep against the cage? Then you see what happens. It's like, oh, that was that, uh, that, that, was that elbow good. my man threw was a nice elbow. Yeah. I mean, that was, hey, th that we, was a veteran elbow, man. That's a guy who's had 45. So I throw a fucking elbow. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, was, you, you, like you said, you want to give credit where credit's due. When he knew he had Shogun hurt, he did not let up. He did not wilt. He finished that fight. That's an attribute that you need to have if you're going to really climb the ranks here. I think I think he's on his way. You know, I think he's in this young generation. But, you know, I got to see him against, you know, other young guys that, you know, can take a shot and not get wobbled where he's going to be able to immediately, you know, beat up on them. And we've seen him fight some good fighters at middleweight. He didn't do great. That weight division might not have been right for him. So let's just see what Anthony has. You know, I think a few more tests will get a much clearer picture of what this guy's capable of. That's fair. Um, Stefan, do you got anything to say about Corey Anderson or Glover Teixeira? <sighs> Glover looked old. He looked real old. Yeah, Corey was really proud of his performance, but I guess that's a Corey Anderson performance, right? He put in that overtime, man. That's what he does. Uh, Stefan, what was it you said before the podcast that, that was a running motif throughout this card? Oh, this, uh, it looked like a lot of guys who just need to retire. Um, a lot of guys who looked a little too old on this card. And that's what Homburg gets, though. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I expect. I expect Europeans and fading legends. Horse that glue factory, as you said yourself, Mike. Um, I didn't see the Stefan Struve fight, but I listened to the post-fight show. And um, they said, 
Oh, we keep waiting on Stefan Struve to fight like he's seven foot tall, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I thought immediately, I'm like, I know what this fight looks like. I, I'm good. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I'm always hopeful for my namesake because he is my namesake. But at the same time, uh, picture every disappointment you've ever had in his fight career. It pretty much manifested itself. Man, I think like Stefan, you could get inside on Stefan Struve. Like, I don't think granted he oh, might let you. <laughs> he don't want to get in the clinch with me. Ah, that's right. He right. Won't hit, you won't hit me there. Right to the dick. Straight there's, to the dick. <laughs> there's nothing worse than a uh, wasted talent and wasted height. Much like how when you see like a six foot eight dude that can't play a lick of basketball, it's the same with Stefan Struve. The fact that he still doesn't know how to throw a jab is just incredible. I mean, I think your analogy would be better if the guy was six foot eight and he can't dunk because he's chosen that profession. Or how about let's say seven feet tall and can't rebound? So Brooke Lopez. That's what yeah. Mike's that's what Mike's that's talking what about right now. Brooke Lopez. That's Lopez. exactly who I was thinking about. My man's had his brother rebounding because he was fucking five years old. <laughs> it's a good plan. It's the way Blake Griffin had his brother playing defense for him. Um Yeah, um I, I, I honestly if I I forgot this was happening. If I was paying attention, I would have tried to see the Mark Dia Casey fight. But apparently they broke, they almost broke all sorts of records for how fucking long this card was, which, you know, man, you know, UFC's never come to town before you go, but I got to think at least at the end of the evening, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what did I spend my money on? Um, so, yeah, um, UFC in Hamburg, just filling up, just, you know, producing content in the middle of a fucking Sunday. Why not? No problem. Uh, Going to be back next week on Big Fox. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show with a just a really awesome um, top three fights. And while we're not picking the fourth fight, Olivier Aubin-Mercier has never had a boring fight in his fucking life. So you know it's going to be a good time there. Um, so the, and the only news I really heard of this week was it seemed like Paul Daly is going to be in that welterweight tournament now. Which, please let them book MVP versus Paul Daly, right? I mean, Marcus, for the love of God, please, yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> a fight that, you know seemed obvious on paper and something that uh coker usually isn't too obtuse about usually when he has like an easy matchup it's like oh yeah well of course we'll have these two old legends clash or you know he he's usually better at forcing the pieces to collide already and it seemed like it's just weird it, that lo- it honestly it looks like he's protecting mvp right MVP it does, the it, one that it does really look like that right because like outings it just looks like that, even though I don't think he does that. He doesn't protect anybody. I mean, he does it. I mean, beginning. why? I mean, what, what, what would he gain from not cashing in, right? Like, he's built him up. Time to cash in with Paul Daly. I don't, yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I don't know what it is. It seems like both the fighters kind of want it. So it's just weird. I don't know. It's very I weird. know uh, Mike wasn't so much of a fan of it, but I kind of like the caveat that Rory is defending his belt in every stage of the tournament. Because uh, it kind of made me channel, I think it's like an either an old funny or die or college humor skit about Mortal Kombat. Where it's not really a tournament. It's more so just me having to fight everyone on the ladder rather than it being an actual tournament. So you're it's saying like, Sonya gets an eight fight by? <laughs> that was, that was, was that uh, college humor? That was college humor. Yeah. College humor, yeah. That was a classic. Um, they also announced Mike. Well, for, quick question. How far is Uniondale from you? Is that in New York? Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> I had a plan here, Mike. The plan is falling apart if we don't know where Uniondale is. Let's look that this up over like Long Island. Uniondale is in Nassau County. Let me get close. Is that okay? Do I take it they have a strong union presence there? 
I could give you the loser game show sound that would right now, but I don't have that graphic. Boom, 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 boom. Uniondale. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure the feasibility of this plan, but we'll just act like there is. They're going to do um, Fedor versus uh, Chael Sonnen. Ooh, okay. In, on October 13th in Uniondale. And I think that's, that's a real – That's the place I, to book that fight. I think that, that clearly – you know what? There's a lot of Russians in New York, right? Which means you want to put them in Brooklyn, not Uniondale. But uh, Mike, it sounds like you're going to have to put on your, uh, your your reporter hat. We might have to send you over to Uniondale to represent uh, It's I'm Amazing at this Bellator event. Okay, so I just looked up Uniondale on Google Maps. It is not too far into Long Island. I mean, okay. you have a car, Sounds don't you? Doable. Yeah, I was going to say, you get in a car. How long? How far is it? Well, it would still also be traversing into Long Island, which is almost as reprehensible to me as going into New Jersey. Well, oh, good Lord. You did that when I was there, too. You'll survive. Don't you work in fucking New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. I die a little every day. Oh, okay. Well, die a little more one day and watch Fader in jail. Fight. Yeah, go watch Fader get taken down by a, a middleweight. All right, if I, enjoy. If I can, if I can convince Phil to go, because I'm not making that drive by myself. All right, we're gonna have to hire Phil for the website between now and then, guys. You got a camera? He can be the new Victor. Yeah, we need to get Victor. Oh, wait, if, uh, we could get some of those free tickets. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely consider going. We might be able to swing. I'm that. really glad that the one I Bell told the guys don't actually listen to this show. <laughs> They're just signing up for the free fucking tickets. And we're going to send the one who hates Bellator to send him over to the card. <laughs> well, if anything, if they ever hear it, you could just say I'm the, the wacky color guy, you know? Yeah. Well, that's two on the nose, Mike. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> JK, JK. You put it on the T. I can't, I can't help myself with you gotta, swing. You got to take a swing at that one. That was no, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh, gonna sorry. say that when you show up, and this is gonna write. It's an amazing racist. Very <laughs> and they'll probably be okay with it. They're like, all right, here you go, Mike Sanchez, right to your seat here. Um, literally, literally the color guy. Okay, let's. Jesus Christ, let's move on to the gentleman who was uh, born with a disability, Nick Newell. Um, Nick Newell is gonna be fighting. Um, when you listen to this podcast, I don't know when you listen to the podcast. Tuesday night, Nick Newell is gonna fight. To get into the UFC, he should already be in the fucking UFC. Um, but uh, the UFC is unhappy, don't like the optics. Because hiring the sheer number of scumbags they do have that currently fight for the UFC, that that's okay. But uh, let's send this son of a bitch out there who's over, who's achieving on a fucking impressive level here. We don't know how that looks. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a little bit bitter that we even have to deal with this shit right now. Um, Marcus, uh, how much do you hope Nick Newell just heel hooks the fuck out of whoever he's fighting? No, I mean, it's it's like so many of the fighters that we all really appreciate and like. I mean, not only do I think he has an incredible story, but I mean, his fighting style is really unique. And anytime we have these fighters that aren't really in the public eye and we know what they're capable of and um, how entertaining their fights can be, you always want them to put on a good show when the audience is going to be there, right? Um, but it doesn't always work out that way, right? We've had so many fighters where we get super excited. Oh, this guy's finally going to make his UFC debut. I can't wait until the rest of the world gets to see what I see. And they don't sometimes. Like sometimes those fighters just don't shine when the when the brightest lights are on them. I hope that's not the case with Nick Newell. I think not only is he an incredible fighter that you know does have a handicap, but he's turned that into, um, you know. A, what's the opposite? What's the direct opposite of a handicap? And not a handicap. I don't know exactly. What, an advantage. An advantage. I mean, somewhat of an advantage. I guess that's fair. But I mean, 
you really have to look at his past fights and see how he's utilized his disadvantage to his advantage, right? He's able to get a lot of submissions in positions that he wouldn't be able to. He's able to get super tight heel hooks on people because of his, and I hate to call it like a deformity or anything, because of his physical handicap. And I think when this, when you first see Nick Newell and hear that he's a cage fighter, I understand the hesitation that like, oh, I'm kind of worried that this person might not be able to properly defend themselves. But having seen this guy fight multiple times at this point, he's fully capable of defending himself. I mean, I think when it gets to the highest echelon of the sport, we saw him fight Justin Gaethje, who is now, you know, a household name. And he had a tough outing in that one, right? That yeah, and Mark, really you know what? Mark, that fight with Justin Gaethje aired on regular NBC, not even NBC Sports. So the network didn't get shut down. So, um, no, and I don't you know, people survived. Because, yeah, because this because we've seen Nick Newell fight, and we know that he's a capable fighter. He's not someone – they're not just touting him out like a freak show fight. I mean, let's be honest, CM Punk is a, a much more egregious that they put him in a cage than Nick Newell, who is – not only has been training in the sport and in wrestling for a long time, now has multiple MMA fights, has fought in a big organization, and has done very well there. So, I mean, I think when you look at people they spotted to put in the cage, there's been a lot more egregious um, highlighting of, of fighters because of a freak show kind of nature, which I've also been fine with. I don't, I wouldn't even consider Nick Newell to be of the freak show nature he's a skilled athlete that has you know a particular handicap for him but like i said he's turned it into a positive attribute in his fighting game the way he gets guillotines and heel hooks is really impressive and it's something to watch so i think you know about at the end of the line uh to kind of put a cap in it i hope he has a good performance win lose or draw people get to see that just because you know he's not doesn't have the same body type as everyone else that he's still has put in the work, the time, and the effort to become very proficient in this sport and deserves this, sh deserves this shot and deserved it sooner, like you mentioned before. So, you know, hopefully people realize that and he gets less shit because he's already gotten that shit. In, in our eyes, right, he's already climbed that hill and beaten that battle. There's no reason why he has to do it again, but there's a lot of people who don't know about him. So here we go again. Yeah, I don't. Um, sorry, if you don't mind, I just wanted to chime in. Um, while I'm really hopeful for this guy, uh, I got uh, a recent like uh, this day in history earlier this week, and it kind of reminded me um, of someone else. The one and only time I ever cared about the collegiate wrestling championships was um, it was the anniversary of Anthony Robles winning a national championship for Arizona State. Uh, if you're not familiar with the name, Anthony Robles had uh, grew up with a very similar. Um, you know, disability as Nick Newell did, it, but his was, he was born without one of his legs. Um, he was a one-legged wrestler who won a national championship. And my favorite thing about his story is there were so many salty haters who said, it's not fair. He has so much more muscle mass in his arms and body because he's missing 50 pounds of a leg. And I'm like, really? You're going to make the argument that a guy with one leg has it better off than the wrestlers that have you know what i'm not saying he had it better off but my man my man knew how to use an advantage though let's be honest he knew how to take advantage of that situation yeah but at the same time he has one less no 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 i'm not i'm not saying look i'm not saying i'm not saying you had it better i'm saying you work with what you're what you're given man i mean the pros and cons i think although in fairness i think in certain ways him not having that leg was an advantage Look, don't make that argument. These are rare people who made the best of what they had. It is not an unfair thing. It is two people who overcame a massive disadvantage, and they should be they should be cheered and propped up for overcoming. What was the, the name of the kid? What was the name of the kid? Rapes that they had something better than other people. What was the name of the kid um, from the combine? 
we were talking about this like a few months ago. Uh, Stephon. Uh, Griffin. What was he? What did he have? Did he have like no hand or something? I'm he sorry, had I forgot. It from about the mid forearm down, but he was missing like a hand and a wrist. I think. Where did he? He got drafted still, right? Like second, he third got round. Drafted to the Seahawks, where apparently his brother also played. So um, that's kind of a cool opportunity for him. Okay, just a heartwarming uh, story. Why? why yeah, why uh, it, right? I just, uh, I just hope he, Nick Newell pulls this off. I mean, me make, make me happy. I, it's gonna make me real sad um, if this is where we end this. Um, fun fact for maybe I don't know five percent of you: um, Nick Newell's college roommate was Brian Myers, aka Kurt Hawkins. Um, who, those of you who are pro wrestling fans, Kurt Hawkins is on Monday Night Raw and is currently on a two hundred plus uh, match losing streak. That's his gimmick. I like thinking him the anti Goldberg. He, I love him. It makes me so happy. Okay. <laughs> Um, How the hell did they come up with that gimmick? How do you agree to that? Well, his original gimmick, if I remember the last time I was watching pro wrestling, is they kept giving Kurt Hawkins facts, which were essentially just all those stupid Chuck Norris jokes, yeah. just applying his name to it. And so this is a better gimmick in my mind because he's been, way too much of a ripoff. Mike, he's been with the company for like 12 years. He's kind of like he's one of their guys they trust. Whenever The Rock <laughs> wants to come back, they call Kurt Hawkins up and ask him to like go train. He's kind of like he's not really – He's just there. Wait, how he, old is Nick Newell? Like, 30, he's been with the company for 12 years. Nick Newell's 32. This guy's 33. Oh. This guy got in real young. Um, but yeah, I like Kurt Hawkins quite a bit. So I, I was fun to read. Apparently, they used to watch Monday Night Raw, and then it would roll into The Ultimate Fighter. Um, early on, on uh, back when they were on um, Spike. You, back when they were both on Spike, quite frankly. I believe it was TNA back then, or something else. TNN? TNN. TNA was a wrestling organization. Yeah. That's right. Um, all right. Let's do uh, – what do you, you guys want to do history? You want to do a little bit of uh, MMA, a little 20 questions? Uh, which, we're not going to pick the, the fights? We'll do that afterwards. The, okay. Actually, no, fuck it. Mike, make a good point. We're picking fights. Um, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, main event. We're going to do this thing in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A pause was for Landstorm. Um, Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier fought a couple of years ago at this point, I want to say. Eddie landed an illegal knee. Um, and that kind of like they go, the fight got overturned. I don't know. Let me just make my pick right now. Uh, who has the odds up? One second. No, you get the picks up. So you get the fight picks. You're going to fill that thing up. Let me see what the odds are. Oh, I have the odds up. I'm just not looking at them. Minus right. 165, Dustin Poirier, plus 145, Eduardo Alvarez. Eduardo Alvarez is coming into this fight on his last fight of his UFC deal. Uh, betting on himself. He is the reigning and defending most violent fighter in the UFC. He won that title after him and uh, Justin Gaethje decided they were fighting for that shit uh, back in December. Uh, Dustin Poirier also coming off of a win over Justin Gaethje. Um, he's won. He's been un he's unbeaten in his last four fights. The un I say unbeaten because he has three wins and whatever happened with Eddie Alvarez. Um, I'm going to pick Eddie Alvarez because... This is normally where Dustin Poirier loses the fight when he's this close to a title shot. You can pencil, you can normally, I mean, maybe he overcomes it, but this is normally when you pencil him in for this shit falling off, uh, falling off the rails. Um, so yeah, I got, I got Eddie Alvarez. Mark. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going with Eddie, but uh, this is not a fight I feel comfortable with. At oh all. no. <laughs> um, I mean, their last fight. It did end with an illegal knee. I thought Eddie kind of dodged a bullet in that one because uh, he was getting lit up. And I don't, I, 
don't know if he's going to be able to correct the issues that he had. I mean, it really, it seemed like he struggled fighting Dustin a southpaw. The left straight was just landing for Dustin all night. Um, Eddie will really have to make some major adjustments to his game to combat that. I'm very skeptical that he has. Um, but I'm Eddie. He did. He did hurt him before he got him with that knee. He was. He did hurt him. It wasn't like he ended up at that knee place accidentally. That's true, but he was getting lit up. So, I mean, I'm going with Eddie. I hope Eddie wins. Uh, I mean, th th it was a great first fight. I expect fireworks. Um, I, I think the smart money, I'm not surprised the line is leaning Dustin. Um, I think he's he is kind of improving and looking more be more and more improved. Where um, Eddie looked great in the Justin Gaethje fight, but it was just a violent fight, right? Um, I'm going with Eddie, but I have a lot of reservations. And uh, Mike, you tracking these picks? I realized no one said they were tracking them, so I started doing it myself. Um, there's a there's an article you can fill in. By the way, I made it about a couple hour ago. go getters. So go ahead. Um, worth mentioning, Mark and I last place. Not surprised. <laughs> no, it did not go well last time and at I all. I don't think this last pick is a great indication. No, we're not. We're, the we're not, at this point, I'm just, I'm just gonna hang out in last place with Mark, man. Some, uh, group, some group think at its finest, right here, gentlemen. Uh, Steph, what do you think here, man? You gonna go? You gonna ride the hot hand here? Poirier looks like he's about to turn the corner. Um, Maybe yeah, not. I like Poirier a lot, and I'm gonna take Poirier. When you look at their common opponent of Justin Gaethje, it's fair to say both of them kind of turned a leaf, right? That's the mm. most controlled both of them look in their stand up in a long time you know eddie's kind of he's kind of been known to either kind of swing for the fences or be a boring grinder right those are kind of the two archetypes we hit him in but that was the most mixing up of his boxing really measuring his shots using a lot of movement but then again so did dustin poirier um and i think ty goes to their my picture of their their matchup and dustin did look like he was piecing him up a little bit i kind of am in agreement you know there was a bit of a narrative that eddie was ducking Dustin, it took a little longer to make this match than we thought it should have, considering the outcome of it. Um, and then also, you just have age, age and mileage. Um, Dustin should be in the prime of his career right now. And for all of Eddie's great highlights, he's more likely closer to the end. So, um, yeah, you guys are giving me, you're tossing me up the favorite. I don't mind taking that one. You know what? They've had a comparable number of fights. I know Eddie's had more wars, though, probably. Um I mean, comparable, Dustin's had 29 pro fights, Eddie's had 35, which I thought would be a bigger, honestly, Steph, I thought it was going to be like 40 to 20 or something, you know, with the, the, the difference there. Dustin um, Watson, he's been pretty healthy in his career, as far as I can remember. He hasn't had a lot of long injury layoffs, which has been good for him. Um, By the give way, me the, uh, give, me the, give me the king of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. King of Lafayette, Louisiana. I always bring it up. If you guys can find Fightville on Netflix. That's a uh, that's a pretty good solid doc about Dustin Poirier's early career. I love that DC is possibly he's the second greatest of all time. He's a two division champion, but even he gives up to Dustin Poirier that he is the king. But that might be racism. Why, in Louisiana, well, because people in Louisiana in the Mike, we're making some generalizations about the South, but I feel the last uh, two years might justify some of those. Um, Co-main event. We got the pride of somewhere in fucking Iowa, Jeremy Stevens, taking on Jose Aldo da Silva Oliveira Jr., the former featherweight champion, the greatest featherweight that's ever lived, um, coming off of an ass-kicking, two ass-kickings at the hand of, uh, you know what, the first one wasn't an ass-kicking, second one was an ass-kicking, Jose Aldo getting, an, getting a couple beatings from Max Holloway, uh, lost three of his last four. 
Uh, three knockout losses to Connor, Max Holloway twice, and in the middle there, he beat Frankie Edgar because Jose Aldo just beats Frankie Edgar whenever he fights him. Jeremy Stevens, um, 42 fights into his career, got a three-fight winning streak, beating Gilbert Melendez, Duho Choi. That was a good time. And uh, Josh Emmett. Uh, Stefan, what do we got here odds-wise? Um, it's relatively close. Uh, Jeremy Stevens is almost even money at plus 105 with a minus 145 nod to Jose Aldo. Um, Stefan, what's your pick, though? Um, yeah, interesting to start with me. I'm going to probably go slightly on a limb here. Jeremy Stevens keeps surprising me. He keeps winning fights. I don't think he has any right to win. And I also keep mispredicting the demise of Jose Aldo. So why not one more time? Um, I don't know. It's just I always think these wars Aldo gets into, they, they take something away from him. And my biggest reason for not wanting to pick him anymore is he no longer walks out to run this town, which was one of the greatest fighter-to-walkout song combinations that there ever was in my mind. And when he just came out to some generic kind of Brazilian dance music, that was a real letdown to me in that last fight. I get he's not the champion. He doesn't run this town anymore, but I still like that song. Um, so, yeah, Jeremy Stevens to put on a very improbable continued run in his career. I mean, in fairness, it's not. It's a close fight. You know, there's a reason the odds it are what is, they are. It is, but let's be honest. All of Jeremy Stevens, when you look at his thing, we probably picked against him in nearly all of them, especially That's against probably. Duho. We thought Duho was the next big thing. And Jeremy Stevens kind of just he, he out toughed him. Yeah, um, Mike, what do you think, man? You got you got the legend, or you got the pride of? Let me see where in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa. Good for Stevens. Uh, we've counted out Aldo before. I think, namely, before the uh, Frankie Edgar fight, and uh, he showed us what he can do against you know good competition. Jeremy Stevens is good competition. Uh, Aldo lost two fights against the best uh, featherweight going right now. Um, can't fault him for that. Uh, I still think he's better than Jeremy Stevens, although this is with the caveat that we might be seeing the downturn of Jose Aldo. So uh, I'm picking Aldo, but I'm not entirely confident in that pick. Yeah, I like when Mike goes all PBS voice with this thing. Just he's gonna tell us what's happening. Uh, Mark, what do you think, brother? Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm going for Aldo and my kid. All the same points. Um, you know, I, I think we all. The big question is like, is this Aldo done? But then you look at that Frankie Edgar fight, and I thought he was done there, and he he still beat Frankie, and I consider Frankie to be you know top dog in the in the weight division. So I think it's a really it's it, it'll be a fun fight, and uh, I think Aldo has a chance i think i think it, it like stefan said with the line it's a close call um i feel a little bit more comfortable with aldo because of some of the the past guys that he's beaten but jeremy's right there so it's going to be a barn burner it's a great co uh i got jose aldo because i thought jeremy stevens was going to turn to take a turn uh, make a turn when he to Roger, uh, frankie edgar i thought that was when he was you know he was coming off a big win over Barrow. i thought he was gonna make a turn and he didn't and then um, none of these – he's gotten these wins recently, but he hasn't – I mean, he's looked good, but I don't know if there's anything in those fights that I thought that makes that makes me think he's going to beat somebody like Aldo where, yeah, man, he beat the, he lost to the champ. I mean, shit. He may be beat, but Stefan could be right. He might be beat, beat, beat up to death, though. He took some beatings from yeah. the champ, and that's what makes me nervous. 
Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Stevens had like 45 fights. I've seen him get knocked out like seven times, I feel. So that might, he might actually have never been knocked out, but um, he's been in some shit too. So we'll see. Uh, one knockout loss. Goddamn. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see. You want a champion? Uh, Tisha Torres, Steph, the odds. Uh, sorry, I muted myself there. Uh, the Joanna is the second biggest favorite on this card at minus two seventy five to plus two hundred for Tisha Torres. Yeah, um, I got Joanna and Jacek, and I don't. The only way I see her lose, I don't think uh, Tisha's a good enough wrestler to pull this off. And the only way I see Tisha winning this fight is if Joanna does that thing where sometimes it takes her a bit to get out of first gear with her counter striking. But I don't. No, I got I got Joanna and Jacek. I think she's just a better fighter. Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm also going with Joanna. I think mostly Tisha is, you know, at her best when she's able to dictate the pace. And uh, I think Joanna's just going to be able to keep her on the outside with her jab and kicks. Is she and... way bigger than her in your mind, too? Or is that just me? Joanna? Yeah, like, I mean, like longer, maybe. Yeah, not... no, she'll definitely, because, I mean, Tisha Torres has always been more of a kind of stocky fighter. And she's definitely a person who does uh, good work on the inside in the clinch. And I just think that's an area that Joanna is pretty comfortable not allowing the fight to get into. So I think she's going to be able to dictate the fight on the outside and probably get a decision here. Mark, I mean, Mark, Mike. Yoana winner all the way. Wait, I mean, people people are going with Yoana violence. Yoana violence? That doesn't make they, any sense. They've been setting that up for a couple months. They thought that she was going to lose that belt eventually. Um, Stefan, what do you think? I'm going with Yoana uh, excuses. Um, she's not fighting Rose this time, so... She's gonna win. That man, that was a lot. There was a lot of excuses. Made me sad. Uh, so yeah, um, I we didn't pick this fight because I think we all would have leaned one way. I'm a big Olivier Aubin Mercier fan in general. I just he seems like an interesting cat, man. Um, he had the funniest thing, uh, uh, funniest tweet for me after Lewis and Ngannou's disaster of a fight, and he said something like, "Guess who still holds the record for fewest strikes in a victory? This guy, because he does have a victory." <laughs> strikes <laughs> um yeah i like mercier man and i'd like his, all of his fights and this guy doesn't have a wikipedia page but i don't know the guy's on a four fight win streak they put him on fox you know he beat up evan dunham it's not easy you know <laughs> i'm not saying he's gonna be champion but he's 11 and 2 he looks like a you know lightweight forrest griffin uh, so. he's also he's also he's also factually incorrect when he says he's the one that has the most um uh you know, the one with the fewest strikes, because wouldn't we count a one punch knockout as the fewest? Strikes? I think it's the fewest strikes um, that went, that to, went decision. to decision. That went to decision. Uh, okay. He just so he he, he rode this guy. He was this guy's backpack for fifteen. Because it should be Damian Maya just throwing Chael to the ground and putting him in a triangle. <laughs> that was zero. That was a clean zero. Um, Mercier, by the way, selling fanny packs. So I'm I'm on board with this dude, man. The Quebec kid. If we have any degenerate gamblers listening to our podcast, may I recommend picking against Jordan Meehan on this card? Because every time that man steps into the cage, I feel very sad. Yeah. Is that the guy from Team Alpha Male? Or is that somebody else? I'm... I mean, this is normally the guy. Oh, no, this is Alex the Great White Murano. I don't know. I, I wouldn't pick. I, I wouldn't pick Jordan Meehan to beat anybody. And it's point. low on the card, but I just want to mention a fight I'm really looking forward to watching on this is uh, the first lady of the women's bantamweight division, Nina Ansaroff, taking on Random Marcos. 
And finally, I get to cheer for Randa because she's not fighting one of my other favorite fighters. You know, all seriousness, I might have to get like the fight pass trial or something because between Nick Newell and that fight and seeing uh, you got Dustin Ortiz is not bad. You got Alexis Davis and Caitlin Chukasian, Ross Pearson, John McDessie. Fight pass got some stuff going on. It's not bad. Um, Are you guys and- considering getting another? Uh- Fight Pass. No, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you just give us your login after you're done watching. I'm pretty sure I've given you the login already. I think it's on Phil's computer. Um, or Phil's thing. Uh, Cajun Johnson, you got to root for him in every one of these fights because his. Ra- I saw his most recent rap video and it was terrible and his song was awful. And also, you know he's one loss away from the UFC cutting him at any moment. He's a rabble rouser. Four straight wins though. So, God, he's had a lot of fights too. Um, all right, let's do a little MMA history, Marcus, with... That happened this week? Hell yeah, it did. Uh, so, um, what did I tell you, boys? We had two of them. Um, the first one, in what remains, um, the probably the best crowd we've ever seen, at least for ones we've seen on TV, was uh, back in 2000 and... I'm just trying to pull this up. 2013? Uh, 2014. Uf, it's only 2014, motherfucker. UFC in Dublin. Conor McGregor facing Diego Brandao in the main event. And everybody Irish on that card won. And I remember watching this like at 10 a.m. People losing their fucking minds. Uh, Steph, do you remember this? <laughs> if I recall, is this the one where uh, Connor was not the main event, but they still did the lights out for him? And then no. People, no, 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 that was that was that was against Holloway in Boston in his second fight. <laughs> this oh, was his third. Okay. Fi- this was his third fight after an ACL tear, and they weren't sh- people saying he didn't deserve his own event in Dublin. Oh, so this was the next one right after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. The legend of Conor McGregor was already in full swing here. As far as I'm concerned, it was in full swing after he straight put shade on our man, Marcus Brimage, and he made him feel bad about being a Dragon Ball Z fan. After that happened, I was like, oh, this guy is the greatest thing that ever lived. And I was yeah, angry with him after that. I think this is also the fight where he says, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. I think that came out of this fight. Oh, man, because master of the soundbite, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this was really just this – this was the hype train – Kicking it into gear. Um, amazing card. But really fun. This is where you just learned, like, we haven't been going to Ireland enough, you know. Just the the, the, the soccer-type fan with all the songs and the chanting throughout the card. Um, it was really great. Although that's when um, – what's his face? Uh, wasn't he a Cathal on this card? Just quite oh, he got his he got his ass beat for seven minutes, then turned it around and started whooping a guy's ass, I remember. Just truly one of the most disappointing fighters I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly, just as I said, he he is the textbook picture of fighters who I don't know what you want to be as a fighter. Like when you go into that cage, I don't understand if you want to be a striker, if you want to be a grappler. I just don't know what your attempted skill set is. That was Cathal Pendred. I don't know what movie I was watching, but he was in it because this guy like acts now. Because I mean, he has a believable face. I don't know what I was watching. I might I saw him in it. I might have been flipping channels, but this guy's got like a career and shit. So I don't know. Props for him for that. Um, also on this date, um, July 19th, 2008, Fedor Emelianenko, Tim Sylvia, one of the most expensive fucking payrolls of an MMA card ever happened. Affliction uh, Band, which was the first ever Affliction event. Um, you go watch this on the fucking Fight Pass, man. You can see Donald Trump 
You can see Oscar De La Hoya. You can see uh, Tom Atencio from Affliction back there. How did it ever fail? Oh, Jesus, man. They, they, let me tell you how much people got paid on this motherfucker. Okay, Fedor got three hundred grand plus whatever side shit they had to pay because we know how, the, how much the president knows these Russians, all right? The, the 300 was on the books. Tim Sylvia got 800 grand. Shout out to his manager for getting him out of that UFC contract to make 800 grand to get your ass beat by Fedor in 36 seconds. Arlovsky got 750, uh, 750 grand. Jesus. No, sorry, no, 500 grand to show, 250 win bonus. Ben Rothwell got 250 grand. Josh Barnett got 300 grand. Pedro Hizo got 70 grand. I mean, Matt Lindland got 225 grand to show, 75 to win. 70 and 70 for Vitor. Vitor must have gotten some other check somewhere. I mean, how did fighters flock to this place? They ran out of money very quickly. <laughs> they ran out of money. Um, Marcus, why don't you tell people what happened when they wanted to run their third event, how this thing fell apart? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, they were gearing up to have a big Josh Barnett and Fader square off, which was a fight that a lot of fans were clamoring for. You know, talent outside the UFC that hadn't gotten gobbled up when they um, bought over Pride. There wasn't a lot out there. And Barnett and Fedor was an appealing fight. Um, that a lot of people were interested in, and um, you know, Josh Barnett did what Josh Barnett do, and ended up failing the drug test, and basically put a kibosh not just on the fight, not just on the card, but the organization. It basically sunk Affliction. As far I mean, as they, were promotion, they were bleeding, they were they were bleeding money already, but yeah, not having not being able to have a main event didn't help the cause. Right, <laughs> and I mean, I don't, Bobby. Do you know did the Affliction clothing brand still go on? Is it? Still oh yeah, they still they're, they're still going. Know. They're still going. Okay. They still so survive. It didn't. It didn't completely. Barnett didn't nuke the whole company, but he definitely desecrated their organizational abilities. So they have not put on a fight since. Never will again. Yeah, was it um well, that's a Tom, Atten- Tom oh, yeah. Atencio of Affliction? They asked him something recently and he said, I learned you don't poke the bear, man. Because the UFC um they hastily put together a fight card to run on free TV, because this was on was this on TV? Right? The Affliction or the UFC counter program? No, the, the, the Affliction. It was on pay-per-view, right? It was pay-per-view only, I'm pretty sure. Um, pay-per-view, 100,000 buy rate, which isn't terrible at all. The UFC put together a hastily put together fight card at the Palms and asked their middleweight champion, Anderson Silva, if he felt like whooping James Irvin's ass. Um, Mike, I'm not sure you've ever seen this one. Stefan, what happened when James Irvin tried to kick Anderson Silva? Uh, he died. He, yes. he, he got punched <laughs> into oblivion. <laughs> Caught that kick, punch in the face. I think he broke his face with that punch, too. Um, like, if you look at this card, it was, like, it was not great. I mean, look, Cain Velasquez is fighting a guy on it in the undercard, in the part of the main card. But no one knew who the fuck these people were at the time. This was a real, like, we're in Vegas. Somebody call up the fucking Palms. We're going to put a free show on Spike TV. And, yeah, um, Affliction had an expensive, man, MMA promotions are expensive. Dana White, when he's not gloating over putting promotions out of business, always talks about, he says, these people all fail because it costs so much money to do it at the beginning, and it's hard to keep pumping money into something like this. And especially with this, where, yeah, they, Mark, they just really tried to make a big bang. Um, yeah, there was no growth here, right? They they wanted to enter the market as a direct competitor to the UFC. They cultivated a lot of big-name talent that cost a lot of money, 
and it just didn't suffice, you know. And once, you know, one of these big events fell down, they were just never able to recuperate. So I think, you know, when Dana says those things, I always feel that they're kind of directly pointed at affliction. Like, look how these guys with all their money couldn't get it done. You have to be smart I mean, about yeah, this. I mean, I think uh, then Elite XC had their whole debacle. There's, uh, these guys try to come in and swing for the fences immediately. Honestly, uh, Bjorn was doing a good job. Started small, built up, built up, built up. You know, even Coker was too until he got in bed with the uh, Fedor's people. That's when the San Jose Sharks people decided they got to get out of this fucking business. Sell this, uh, sell this company. I don't want to deal with this shit. We're paying half our money to M1. Um, fun fact, Hogerio Noguera was on this card. Was supposed to take on Vernon Tiger White. Um, favorite of ours because you can find him bouncing at uh, Club Vex in Lake Tahoe. And he does not like it, Marcus, if you ask him whoa about his fight career huh (laughs) i mean i don't remember what i asked him but to be fair i probably asked him about a fight he lost (laughs) (laughs) did you ask him about chuck did you ask him about chuck liddell uh he lost i mean but the thing is like these fights he loses are really entertaining it's why it made me a fan of him it's just like there's if you're gonna pull from the list of fights vernon tiger white won you're not going to have a lot of material to talk about. But so you're he about is losing in Sakuraba and Chuck Liddell. Now you got some talking points, baby. I think he's done now. Hopefully, oh, his last fight was it. his last fight was in 2010, which was definitely be after when we saw him. I feel, um, yeah, we definitely after when we saw him. I think um, he's 26, 33, and two. Went out getting his ass whooped by Jason McDonald, which you know that happens. Jason McDonald's a good fighter. Uh, so yeah, very, very Artemesque. That sounds about right. <laughs> he's not he's not a fighter, Artem. I told you the, the the fucking the AP told us he's security for Conor McGregor. Stefan, do you see that shit? They tr- they put a uh, like the press put a photo out of like Conor McGregor enjoys the World Cup with his security, and the security was Artem, but Artem was in a suit standing right next to him. I mean that's that seems accurate. That feels <laughs> yeah, he's just his hype man. That's more or less what his 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 role is. Um, let's do some, uh, let's do some 20 questions. Let's see if Mark can stump Hells, us this week. Yeah. This and Mark, one, Mark, look, Mark could stump us if he wanted to. He could go real obscure. I can't, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going real, because that wouldn't be fair if I just pulled some random Japanese guy that I didn't even know that fought in Shuto three times. That's not a fair shot. You, so went, picking you went very nice last week with, uh, Dan Severin. And that's the thing. It was if not Dan Severin. Don Fry. Don Fry. If Mark goes with a Japanese fighter, I'm not fully confident Mark will remember his name properly. That's a good point, too. <laughs> So we, we, we got one this week. I think it's going to be challenging, but with the right questions, you guys can get there. So who wants to kick it off? I'm keeping track. Uh, we'll, of just go, we'll just go around, Robin. Um, Stefan, you want to start, and then uh, Mike, and then I'll go. Were they ever the king of Pancrase? Oh, fuck. We're going to lose. Jesus. Uh, no, they were never the king of Pancrase. Great Mark loves Pancrase. You couldn't even ask if he fought in Pancrase? You couldn't ask if he fought in Pancrase? You went straight to king? Cares, at one point, they were the king. All right. <laughs> That's not how right. you fucking start 20 questions. <laughs> Look, I am a, you don't think so, but I know that Mark, and I just eliminated all. a solid amount of fighters. It's not bad. I don't know uh, if you guys can name all the King of Pancrase. I was going to say, yes. I got Nate Marquardt. That's all I got there. Okay, uh, Mark, okay. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Um. Okay, you know what? You go first, uh, Bobby. I, I'm like thrown off by the King of Pancrase question. Not a P- King of Pancrase. There we go. Is it a male? Yes. Okay. Is he still fighting for the UFC? Yes. That was a smart question. 
because yeah. we assumed he, he was, he, was he, a smart he, question. That was a Step on. <laughs> Step on? How you want to fuck this up There's now? No bad questions. You got 20 of them. Here Is we go. Number four. He above middleweight. Yes. Okay. Okay. Above means not including. Correct. That is what I interpreted. So I'm, 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 I'm making sure Mark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I want to confirm. Um. Has he ever held a UFC championship? Uh, no. That's gonna be five. Is he white? Yes. Good job, Mike. I was gonna ask <laughs> if he was American. Another good question. <laughs> could have gone with American. Um. Well, he could be white, but not. Should, we have twenty questions. Should we figure out which fucking white class. I know I should have been more specific, huh? <laughs> you might want... <laughs> should I just should I just nail it in the coffin? Yeah, is... fuck it. Let's get an answer here, man. We got there's only so many. Is them. he a light heavyweight? No. Ooh, Mark likes him big. A light heavyweight. Hmm. Um, it's me, right? Mm-hmm. Has he ever held a championship in Pride? Uh, no. Okay, I probably should have asked if he's ever a champion, but okay. <laughs> So we know he's a heavyweight. Would he be considered fat? Yes. Okay, I know who it is. Are we just okay, guessing? Well, no, no, we got some. Mike, you have to be one hundred percent fucking sure. Oh no, no, I, I got some follow up questions <laughs> that might that's gonna lock it down. How many questions are we at right now? We're at nine right now. I'm feeling pretty confident in you guys. I think you're gonna get this. <laughs> Currently in the UFC, and a the white fat, heavyweight, fat white he's heavyweight. fat. He's never been champion of Pride or the UFC. Shit, I need to look up a roster. I just like, I like the fat questions really good. <laughs> Mark, you know Roy Nelson's not in the UFC, right? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. Oh. I just want to make sure you're aware of that. I should. Mike, is that all you fucking question. thought it was? No, I mean you could. I don't want to yeah, make sure you're. No, I, I, you're not gonna be wrong. Like the guy's I not. Think, you said he's I a. Forgot Roy Nelson's not in the UFC. All right. Good, thank I, you. I, that, I it is then. Okay, so we got number ten coming up. What do we got? Is it me? Well, I mean, Stefan hasn't gone yet. Yeah, Bobby, Stephon. go ahead. I'm going to pass my turn up to you because I need to look up who people It doesn't have to go chronologically. Head. You guys got a good question. Ask it. Does he have a mustache? No. Okay. It's not Tim Johnson. I was going with cop mustache Tim Johnson. That was going to be my guess. Who are the other fat, heavy, who are the other fat white heavyweights in the UFC? <laughs> We're at 10 right now. You guys still have a lot of questions to Stephon. try to narrow this down. Yeah, Stefan, I'm going to need you to go. I'm, I'm kind of stumbling. Um, well, this is he American? Yes. Okay. Okay, we broke 10. Can we get it under 15? Okay, is it Mike or is it me? It's it's, it's me. All right. Um, Has he fought in the last year? Uh, no. I, I think I know who this is. I have a guess as well. Yeah, is he? Is he okay? Is he from I, Wisconsin? Uh, yes. All right, I got it. Let me, let me, let me have another question here, guys, just to confirm this. D- can I ask it? Because I think we have the same guy. Okay, go ahead. Does he do a big maniacal laugh when he wins? <laughs> I think so. I'm oh, honestly not oh, sure. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Mike, can you Mike fat. Mike can you ask him if he ever uh, um, fought in, if he ever fought in the IFL? 
Um, I will. I, I think we know who it is. So That's I just what want. <laughs> Go I ahead. just really want to lock this down. Uh, um, you guys are at thirteen. So if you guess it right now, you'll beat your record for last week. Just let's get does, done with it, Mike. Does, Mike, get, say guess it now. We'll be done. We'll be right. Does, we'll break our record. We'll get fourteen. Well, you well, hope you're right. record last time? Fifteen. Fifteen. Record, we, you, you have so we, so we we have we have a question just to no really we got it in fifteen we got it Mike's in fifteen like rampage right. swimming right now he doesn't want to swim um, too fast he doesn't want to beat the record the does, look, his, hey, look does his last name contain a musical genre in it I can't answer that question <laughs> what the fuck you mean you can't answer that question I don't I don't I don't think so what the fuck what How do you think you it is know? What? Mike is, you know what's Mike the, is off the set. If that Mike is off the set. Yeah, I was going to say, Stefan, can you end this? It is so I'm gonna Big go with Ben Bill Rothwell. It is Big Ben Rockwell. Okay, it is. You guys got it in 15. I it's don't know. Not, oh, it's the, not it's no. Rockwell. It's Rothwell. Oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, what, Mike, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if there's a genre <laughs> called Rothwell. There hey. could be. I don't know all the subgenres anymore. I thought Stefan was going to talk about his white man shuffle. You went with the glaff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I, that's I, remember what I liked about him. He wore well, a you know, cape. I'm Before honestly, the uniform, he wore a cape. It was great. I'm surprised. I thought that was going to be tough because I thought, you know who's a fighter I never think about? Ben Rothwell. Of course, Bobby did mention that he fought in affliction. I was like, oh, boy. Now he's on people's Although, mind. I don't know. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him fat. Uh, he's okay. he's never shown a single bit of muscle tone. So I look, look look at his look at his Wikipedia page. I mean, you might not say fat, but he's not cut. Oh, that's for sure. That is that is indeed true. So it's a little. I thought, the question was a little hard. You know, but I would still. I, you know, Mike. Go. I thought I thought maybe Mike thought it was thought his name was Gothwell. I'm like Goth isn't a type of movie. Well, I mean, it's not a music. What is he? Where's he All going right, with I this? Guess, we, we got that, two weeks. I guess that goes to show uh, how little I do think of him. That I thought his name was Rockwell. Like Sam. Uh, well, you guys I, I, impressed me. I thought this could have been one we did not get an answer to, but so far we cannot break fifteen. I think obviously you guys knew who it was well before fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, question was a real flub. I would say <laughs> worse than King of Pancreas. I thought that was a decent question. You're always <laughs> gonna realize that guy Mesger is flying around there. And <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wanted my first question. It would have just been for an inside joke for fun. I'm like, Mark, was it your first AOL screen name? Is that anything to do with that? What? Well, wait, wait, was Dilo Brown? I was gonna say Dilo Brown no, was first, man. Oh, Guy Mesger was number two. I All think right. Guy Mesger was the second one. But uh, by no, the way, job this week. I thought that this week was gonna be a lot tougher. I don't think Ben was really in the consciousness of a lot of us. He did get, he did fail a drug test, so he hasn't fought in a while. He hasn't been in the conversation. Do you know what's time. not useful? The UFC fucking website, where I'm like, that guy's yeah, not in the UFC. Well, that guy's not in the UFC. On the UFC, on this website. Like, yeah. right I would say, try not to Wikipedia stuff. Try to keep yeah, it. I didn't look anything up. Yeah, I just to wanted to look at some up. faces at a certain point, but fair enough. While we're giving uh, uh, Mike a little shit for not knowing the last name, I will give Mike credit because the question that turned the tide was, is he fat? That was the key question. <laughs> that, was, that was also a great question. Honestly, like, my first thought was, is he fat? <laughs> my first thought was like, does Mark know Roy Nelson's in Bellator? That was what I was going to go with. I, I mean, the, that was the I lead. Got the yeah. 
I wasn't. I honestly didn't remember if like Roy was a uh, IFL champion or Ben was IFL champion or they're both IFL champions. Yeah, Roy was right. Uh, Roy was for Roy. sure an IFL champion. Yeah, but then I thought Ben took that shit when he knocked him out. I just remember one time like leaving my TV on and it was like 4 a.m. and then an IFL card just happened to be on. It was like a ring in the middle of a beach. There were like 10 people in the audience watching it, and then Roy Nelson was fighting somebody. Stefan was possibly watching Bash Good at the stuff. Beach. All right, so you guys are two for two. You guys are killing it so far. Yeah, by the way, our 58-minute podcast last week, uh, we're not breaking that shit. We're at 59 minutes right now. Um, Let's do uh, stuff we like. Um, I watched uh, Tommy Segura's stand-up special on Netflix, and I'm opening Netflix because for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the fucking thing. Um, Okay, whatever. Whatever. You open Netflix, go to stand-up comedy, Tom Segura's stand-up. Not an – you know – it wasn't howling, but I like Tom. He's funny. He has some good bits. So, um, oh, better than that though was the Jim Jeffries one. Jim Jeffries stand-up special um, was fucking great. I love Jim Jeffries. He's uh, he's hilarious, and everybody only knows him for the gun control bit. Well, he does talk about how like every time there's a fucking national tragedy, I get I get asked to be booked more on shows, which is a really grim fucking proposition to be honest. Um, but he's awesome. If you guys, I don't know if you guys have listened to Jim Jeffries at all, but he's great. And um, Mark, I know you're a big stand-up head. Mark, have you, turned, have you watched any of his shit before or listened to any of yeah, it? I never really gravitate towards him, to be honest. He guys a little bit political at times. I don't know how much that's your jam normally, but he's he's good stuff this time. I thought so, at least. Uh, Mark, what do you got? Sorry, I had to turn the AC off. Um, Yeah, n- not a ton this week. Um. For me, no big games are coming out. I know Mike is excited for Mega Man X Legends. And Mike, do you happen to know which that all? Because I think it's coming in two parts, right? Yeah, so I know at least for the Switch, the way they'll do it is that you'll get the physical copy for part one. And then and you then download part two? Voucher for part two. Right, right. Which, um, I mean, I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, so I'm not going to spend too much uh, time shining a light on it. But I always thought the X series was kind of cool. It's kind of when they went over from Nintendo to Super Nintendo. Mega Man kind of got more futuristic. That's where I think they introduced Zero, who's also been kind of a mainstay in the franchise. And uh, I just, uh, I mean, visually a lot more interesting looking games, at least from my perspective. But never really a series that I was able to really uh, sink my teeth into. Um, so this week, what I wanted to mention, um, I've been kind of disappointed in my TV's audio capabilities and have been looking to upgrade for a while. And this weekend I took the plunge and got a soundbar. Uh, mine's like a Vizio 3.0, whatever watts soundbar. And, uh, wait, 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 I got a really important question. Okay. Is, is this, did you buy this at Best Buy? I did. I did end up buying it. Okay. Is this one like a, it's like 150 bucks. Yep. We're going to have a conversation about this uh, soundbar, Mark, because I've almost bought it like four times in the last week. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking at where soundbars usually kind of lie in the price range, and it seemed around like 100, 150 was a fair price. And for me personally, I don't have anywhere in my apartment to put a subwoofer. That's my thing, too. Yeah, a lot of the soundbars come with one, which I think is really cool. Um, I just don't have a great place to put it. So I was looking for one that didn't have a soundbar. Um, what I like about this Vizio one is uh, most of the soundbars are 2.0, meaning there's a left and right speaker. Um, this one's 3.0, so it has a left, right, and center. And overall, I've been really satisfied with the quality of the sound watching YouTube videos, playing video games, watching Did you movies. know there's a, a Chromecast built into it? This one does have a Chromecast yeah. built into it. I haven't really used it. That's why I want it. Yeah, you can really, just send tunes. Just send tunes over there. Just yeah, play for music I haven't really phone. got into that. It also works as a Bluetooth speaker and all that stuff. Um, I was a little 
it wasn't too difficult to set up, but it was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. There's arc HDMIs, which I didn't know what the fuck that was. It was like, oh, have a arc enabled HDMI cable. I was like, well, I might be fucked. And there was a good, you know, probably 10 minutes where I was like, fuck, I don't know if my TV can use this thing. But after fiddling around with settings and stuff, I was able to get it to work. So, yeah, I've been really satisfied with it. You know, I've had surround sound systems in the past and they're kind of a pain in the ass, at least the ones I got, because they're all wired. And to have the speakers behind you and have to run cords, you know, through your room was a really big, uh, huge inconvenience. So ever since soundbars kind of came onto the scene, I've always been bigly interested in trying one out. And I just got so fed up watching. Um, I think last week I talked about watching The Expanse. And it's a sci-fi show where they talk about a lot of things that you're not familiar with. So also having just a hard time hearing what they're saying just made it even harder to follow. So I was like, I need to, I need to do a little upgrade here. So I've been really satisfied. You know, it, it's a bit of an investment at 150, um, but I've, I feel like it's money well spent with the quality I've gotten. So yeah, if you're looking for, you know, a mid-range soundbar, this Vizio 150 3.01 is not a bad get as far as I'm concerned so far. So. Um. Mike, what do you got? Very nice. If I had room in my, if I had space in my room, I'd probably get a soundbar. Um, two things for me this week. Two very quick ones. Uh, one is a continuation off last week. I still like Amazon Prime. I was able to get three pretty nice things off of there. Uh, I got this uh, nice uh, sweet Yeti off of there. Uh, maybe about 40, 50 bucks off, and. You know what I just realized right now? I had ordered the cobalt one. It's fucking silver. But oh. you know what? Whatever. Um, I'm I'm not complaining too much about it. But I just realized it didn't send me the one I wanted. Uh, so I was able to get that. I was able to get the uh, the turtle pillow. I got that for about ten dollars off. So um, can I, have I was really excited on about turtle that. Pillow. Hmm? Can I have some context on turtle pillow? Um. So Bobby actually has one. He uh took it to to Japan when he went over. Is it's, it like man it, pillow, the man shaped pillow? N no. Uh, what it is, it's uh it's basically like a wrap that you put around your 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 neck. It's almost. It's like, like a, half a neck. It's a travel pillow made that looks like half a neck brace, but you kind of wrap it around and it's oh, I've soft. seen this thing. I didn't know yeah. it was called turtle yeah. pillow. I didn't know that. I owned it. I didn't know it was called that. I was um, like, oh, that's cute. Uh, it's a big turtle pillow. And the other thing that I was really enjoying this weekend was watching the show on Netflix called uh, oh, crap. What is it called? Dark Tourist or something like that. Um, it's basically this British dude that goes around to these uh, dark tourism spots around the world where it'll be more uh, macabre things that people go to see in a country. Uh, for example, I just watched the Japan episode and um he visited uh, Fukushima, where the uh, nuclear meltdown happened, and he also visited the uh, suicide forest as well. So um, more strange, uh, haunted, or more macabre things that people will go do in different countries. And that was the end of the series, right, Mike? Because he didn't come back. No, he came back amazingly. How did he do it? Magic. Steph, what do you got this week, man? Um, I got a few things. Um, as some people know who listen to the show, I wasn't here last week. I uh, did a trip down to did a doubleheader of Disneyland and uh, California Adventure. It's Pixar Fest going on right there for the summer. Um, basically a Pixar reskin of the park. Um, one of the things I came away with is 
Ratatouille does not get enough props in the Pixar pantheon. It's a little underrepresented, and that's really one of the better ones in my estimation. Um, that was fun. I haven't been to Disneyland in forever, so basically everything was new. They've Disney-fied a lot of things. Like The Star Wars ride underwent a pod racer update that I missed entirely because now it's the Four, or it's like all the new stuff um but apparently it's like six different scenarios you can get which is kind of cool so um you can just have a different experience each time you go that was fun um doing those parks in 90 degree weather in anaheim is not fun um on top of that um the way mark looks forward to e3 every year one of my favorite events uh just wrapped up this past weekend and that is the san diego comic-con um, I always look for it for big news to come out in all things nerddom. And, uh, the highlight for me this year was, um, it hasn't been that trending. Um, I guess it's because Unbreakable came out so long ago, but, um, the trailer for Glass came out and I am really excited about that. Um, that prompted me to go back and finally watch the movie Split. Um, with, the, with knowing the big, uh, kind of reveal at the end, it does... It takes a little bit off of it, but I really enjoyed that film. Um, and Split combined with the movie that uh, the Shyamalan movie that came out before it, The Visit, um, that kind of that kind of is the spark of uh, Shyamalan's comeback. Because um, as far as I was concerned, Unbreakable was the last one that I thought was any good, and it was just kind of increasingly downhill from that point. Which I think you know the peak being um, that movie with Will Smith and his son Jaden Smith where the production company explicitly did not want Shyamalan's name attached to the trailer for it. And I'm like, if that's how far we've fallen, why did you hire him to direct it? But um, by, by peak, you mean trough, right? But I mean, like, yeah, the absolute lowest point, the basic rock bottom of Shyamalan's career. But um, kind of partnering with Bloomhouse and making The Visit in 2016 and now Split in 2017, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a really fun kind of psychological thriller. James McAvoy, um, he's pretty underrated in my opinion. I like most things he's in. I think he's a tremendous actor. You know, he's he's not really doing those prestigious getting the Oscar nod type movies, but um, he does really solid work in everything he's in. And uh, after watching the Glass trailer, I finally wanted to go back and watch Split. Really enjoyed it last night. Um, a fun little two-hour romp. But uh, yeah, Comic-Con was a little bit of a letdown. A lot of the trailers that were the hype were... Eh, to me, the Godzilla King of Monsters is all right. Aquaman, I mean, it's it looked all right, but at the same time, it's a DC movie, so how, how excited can I be until they prove me otherwise? Um, a little low-key. There was no big Marvel fair to no announce Disney. this year. Huh? No Disney. There's no Star Wars, no Marvel. Yeah. Which um, I kind of liked because it gave DC kind of an opportunity to kind of, you know, control the show a little bit. They got to show a lot of stuff. I don't think it really changed at least my mind like uh aquaman trailer looked kind of cool did you see the shazam one i thought yeah the shazam one i didn't more comedic. yeah shout out to chuck getting a job huh mike <laughs> shout out to chuck being jacked well that's the thing i don't i see that and i'm like they just is this dude in literally a muscle man rubber suit because i'm not buying it i'm not buying that's his muscles i don't for a second and seeing his goofy face is basically like this is all CGI. There's You know what, though? Shazam is kind of... I mean, Shazam, I'm not an expert, but just based on watching cartoons, he's a little goofy. They didn't pick the worst guy to play him. They didn't. Right? I, I didn't think... But there's just something about seeing Mark, his... I think you're right. Um, I've seen that suit on display with no person in it. It's pretty buff on its own. 
It's a pretty buff. Well, signal. just knowing, I didn't even know he was from Chuck, but I was like, I know that actor. That dude is no rock, and he's rocking a rock physique under there. So I'm just like, he's wearing a rubber suit. I don't know. It, it looked fun, though. And I, I mean, um, they showed the trailer for Titans, which is like that re- TV show with the Teen Titans. It looked all right. Um, and they showed, I mean, biggest one for me, Young Justice Season 3. They showed a lot of stuff on That's that. Cool. Or the build up, and that one looked cool. But um, yeah, no Marvel, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch uh, Young Justice season two because I don't remember how the fuck that what that ended for to figure out yeah, what's going. I, watching I the, on. Yeah, watching the cliffhanger. No, I, well, watching the season. I don't remember any of it. The I season mean. three trailer, they basically kind of wrap up what happened in season two, and I was like, oh yeah, I did not finish season two because this <laughs> last little arc they're finishing off. I was like, I don't remember any of that shit. I definitely dropped off. But um, yeah, it looks really cool. So um, yeah, it, it was an interesting Comic Con without Marvel's big presence there, which I think was interesting. Yeah. I agree. Slightly underwhelming. Um, a little, a couple missed opportunities by someone to really kind of. There was no clear star of Comic Con this year. Um, that's a little unfortunate. You know, Game of Thrones is coming to their end. They're usually one of the big presentations. Um, yeah, you know, you you expect a little bit more because Comic Con is kind of the Super Bowl of uh, the geek culture. But yeah, it was okay. A lot of we'll see. There's a lot of things that could be above my expectations. But nothing that immediately knocked my socks off. Like I said, I'm really excited about Glass, but Unbreakable came out in the year 2000 before the comic book boom even happened. So I know a lot of people that are going to go back and need to watch that in the first place. Yeah, I don't remember anything, man, honestly. And I, that was my favorite movie that guy made. Um, before we go, I just want to mention real quickly, um, Mike might be more familiar with what's going on here. But what's going on with the New York Daily News today? Oh, it's a fucking sad. abomination. I just want to read this from Deadspin, and then, you know, you guys form your own opinions. Uh, it's a really good article. The article headline is entitled, How Is This Shit Legal? Um, so here we go. This past spring, Michael Farrell resigned as chairman of publicly traded media looting hell company, Tronk Inc. I think that's how you say it. Just ahead of the publication of sexual harassment allegations against him. As a parting gift, Tronk paid him $15 million, voluntarily bundling up the total value of a three-year consulting contract into one lump payment expensed against a company's earnings and putting itself $14.8 million in the red for the first quarter. You guys can do the math there pretty easily. Um, today, Tronk gutted the New York Daily News, laying off at least half of its editorial staff to cut costs. These people want to the pay. Editor in chief. Yeah, they have to. This is. You read the article. This is fucking class warfare. They have to. This motherfucker got a sexual harassment claim against him. They had to pay him fifteen million dollars out the door, and they had to fire how many fucking people to get to do that shit. So that's one. Um, I'm gonna try to end on a real downer here. The other one. If you're one of these people, I know this just happened where the WWF announced they're going to do an all-women's pay-per-view. If you're one of these motherfuckers who's out there saying, uh, why isn't there an all-men's pay-per-view? Let me point you out to a couple of them. Um, there's been 110. <laughs> yeah, there's been a... No, WrestleMania, like, there was a woman. Through like no, WrestleMania 1 had uh, Wendy Richter. So, oh. WrestleMania 3 and about 109 other ones. So, get on the WWE Network. You'll have plenty of time. Each of these are like two, three hours long. When you get through all 400-some-odd hours... Then you can bitch if there's been a second woman's one at this point. Let huh? me just think? quote Leslie Nope of Parks and Recreation fame here. Men's rights is nothing, and you're ridiculous. Well okay. put, if there ever was. Um, we're going to call it a day for you folks. We're going to be back next week. Um, we lost Gustafson off that card. Gustafson does have developed an injury right after Anthony Smith called him out. Um, it's not good timing. I'm not saying he's scared. That was just really bad timing. You follow Ariel. There was a the guy actually did have something going on. Um, 
But we still have two title fights to talk about on that card. Um, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw going to try to go battle it out for who's the best bantamweight in the world and who's going to remain. You know, they're both pretty unlikable. Um, two of the most unlikable people in that uh, in the UFC, quite frankly. And then uh, Demetrius Johnson. We're going to see if anybody's bold enough to pick uh, shit, to pick him not just styling on Henry Zahudo again. Thank you all, thank you all for listening. Um, and we're out. See ya. See ya.